Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat of their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. It is said that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. As someone who has passion oozing out of every fiber of my being, I found myself becoming challenged in taking the big picture of my dreams and goals and solidifying them down to that first single step. This being said, I was able to transmute this challenge by meeting others who allowed me to stop taking myself so seriously by them showing me that not only was anything I dreamt of possible, but that it was in the individual steps that the true fun could be tuned into. Sharing his time on the show with us today is a man who has had many steps in his journey of a thousand miles, yet has been able to integrate each of these individual steps into the beautiful, ever-evolving journey he has embarked upon within his experience of life. He is a holistic movement expert who has spread his love for movement into realms such as yoga, teaching classes for organizations such as Interdimension TV, which allows anyone anywhere in the world to benefit from his wealth of yoga knowledge Kettlebell Fitness, where he has incorporated the aspects of strength into the lives of those he serves in a unique way that, different from most strength coaches, brings forth presence and flow, and as a movement director, having led projects for prestigious organizations such as Nike Yoga. If this wasn't enough, he is also allowing countless individuals he works with to reinstate ceremony into the ancient practice of hunting through his business, Ahimsa Ceremonial Hunting, which seeks to allow them to deepen their connection to themselves, food, and Mother Earth through ancient practices of hunting and yoga wisdom. This episode is sure to light the fire of inspiration within each of you, allowing you to reimagine what is possible for you in your life and ensure you are leaving nothing on the table when you transition out of this realm. So relax, settle in, and help me in welcoming my man, Michael Prieto, to the show. Michael, my man, pleasure to have you here, bro. (laughs) It is such a pleasure to be here with you, Ryan. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, like I like I've said often on the show, I get to interview such amazing units like yourself. So I have to make sure I come correct, you know, and uh, (laughs) I love being able to write intros that and I've said this a million times in the show, too. But every time I feel like it's worth saying again, which is, you know, I know how it is to have passion oozing out of every fiber of your being and to do a lot. And to often forget like where you've come from and like all the things that you do and also how other people receive and see you. And so I take a lot of pride in writing the intros because they allow an opportunity for not just me, but also the person I'm interviewing to remember like, oh shit, yeah, I do all those things. That's rad. Like I live a rad life. I must be a rad person. (laughs) I could literally feel that. And that made that, that came up for me like, oh my gosh, wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I, I felt that 1000% in those words that you spoke and how you put them together. Hell yeah, man. And dude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's funny because when we first connected, man, I was immediately drawn into you. You know, your energy is amazing. It's infectious. And, you know, I, I get very drawn to other battery chargers, right? People that I can tell are just smiling through every phase of their life. And I'm curious for you, you know, I usually ask, you know, what you've done in your life to get you where you are to now, but one of the things that I'm curious for you is 
how have you cultivated this energy of yours throughout life, right? Like, because what I've noticed, you know, in being a very high energy person and someone who, you know, a lot of times you can't punch the smile off my face if you tried for other people that are these type of smilers, right? These people that I imagine for you from the energy I pick up from you are looking at life from the glass half full type mentality. You know, what do you attribute that to? Like, where did that start for you? And how has that, that approach to life led you to where you are today? That's a great question. I think what, what came up for me was like having having enough coaches throughout my life, you know, because I grew up playing sports, basketball, and football since I was really little. But having having enough coaches that uh, I don't want to call them bad coaches, but it's not the most like uplifting and inspiring, inspiring, and uh, you know, positively motivating. Having enough of those, and then as I got older. Uh, like late teens, early 20s, probably even more so having the recognition and awareness that like, oh, you know, I'm not playing sports anymore. Like, but there's still this like this coach's voice in my head, but it's me now. And it's 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 my opportunity to get to coach myself. So now I get to choose the way that I would want to be coached. And I know what motivates me, which is picking up and positivity and encouragement, even when you fall down. Cause I did have coaches like that too, which I can also attribute that, that to as well. Um, and, and when I feel that positive reinforcement, uh, you know, when I was playing like that, that really motivated me. And so having the, the recognition to be like, Oh, I can be, I'm my own coach now, you know, that inner voice that we all have. And, um, I get to choose, you know, how, how I get to pick myself up and I want to pick myself up with positivity and with a smile on my face and, and uplifting and encouraging, you know? And so that's, that's, uh, that's the way that I like to motivate myself. Um, it's the way I like to motivate others as well, because I think positive reinforcement, even when we do things like run a wrong route or, you know, forget an appointment or whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah, I would I would attribute that to that. Yeah, you know, it's it's so powerful because something I've, you know, come to know and you know, we can call this the mature masculine, you know, the big term right now is divine masculinity, but you know, realizing and and women have this too, right? As I know you're aware, but for anyone listening, you know, we all have, you know, divine masculine, divine feminine as our highest attributes within each of us looking and yearning to come out. And one of the things that I've realized is that we get to be our own hero right? Like, you know, the hero's journey is not something we watch. It's something we get to live. And, you know, knowing that specifically with regards to language, which is a gigantic rabbit hole that I love going down and something that you just touched on there, something that I see changing in a really positive way is the way that athletes speak to themselves. Because in the 80s, 90s, even the 2000s, it was like, come on, pussy, you can lift more, right? And it's like, what do you think that's doing to your nervous system, right? Things like that are no pain, no gain. Like, what is that making your mind focus on? Oh, to get gains, I must have pain. It's like, what a terrible thing to tell yourself, right? Versus you are strong, you can do this, you know? And also if you, you know, let's say to use fitness language, like you don't make a max, right? You don't hit a PR telling yourself like, Hey, you know what? You learned a lot today. What can you, like, what might've come in the way today? Did you get enough sleep? Did you eat right? Let's, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's figure this out. We got this right. Like that kind of language is so powerful. And, you know, one of the things that I think about here is consistency. And, you know, for a lot of people that I've spoken with specifically with fitness, because fitness, I just see this happening in almost more than any other realm where they're like, yeah, but you know, 
I like to listen to really heavy music and get myself going. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Right. Like there's a time and place for everything in terms of that stuff. But for, for me these days, because I've been strength training so long now, I know that like the biggest name in the game for me is consistency. So it's like, how can I allow myself to enter a realm with fitness where it becomes consistent, where I can create consistency and not burn out? Hello, everybody. I hope you're all enjoying the show. I wanted to stop by and fill you in on our brand new, completely free to join Facebook community called the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle. I imagine many of you are aware of our newest creation within Highly Optimized, which is the Connect with Cannabis Certification Program. Alex and I are having so much fun empowering coaches with the skill set of coaching with cannabis and helping them up-level their coaching practice that we wanted to create a place where anyone could join to ask questions, receive free information on how to work with cannabis in the way we teach in the program, and be able to gain clarity around how to get the best results with their clients in order to become financially independent in their coaching practice. To join, hop over to the link in our Instagram bio and send us a request. It is our intention to assist as many coaches, facilitators, and healers as possible in the important work they are doing in the world. And if you were looking to join a community of like-minded individuals just like you, who are passionate about helping their clients achieve the highest quality of life possible, the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle is for you. I am looking forward to speaking with all of you in the group, and as always, enjoy the show. You know, I'm curious for you, knowing that you've gotten into a lot of different types of fitness, I mean, kettlebell fitness and yoga, you know, could be seen as opposite poles, but really what even is an opposite pole? It's the same thing, right? It's, it's just differing in degree. You know, there's no point in which hot ends and cold begins. It's just all on the same scale. And so I'm curious for you, like, you know, how did you first get into, you know, having those different types of fitness, like, you know, incorporating uh, your special way of doing, you know, something like kettlebell fitness, which, you know, looking into how you do your stuff, you know, you're using weight to actually invoke presence and in almost a meditative state. And so you're almost taking like the yogic mindset and applying it to strength training. And I love that because for me, yeah, there's like, you know, that whole saying, just grip it and rip it, right? But there's also like herniated discs and all these things. And like for me, <laughs> exercise is my medicine. And so these days, I'm not so worried about hitting crazy PRs or breaking world records or any of this stuff. I'm like, what can I do sustainably for the rest of my life? You know, and how can I train sustainably? And so I imagine that's something you went through when you were like thinking about like, okay, I want to strength train. I want to do these things, but I also don't want to hurt myself. And I imagine for someone listening, this might be very powerful. So how, how were you able to take that yogic mindset and apply it into strength training? Uh, oh, um, mm. and yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that yeah. recognition. Cause that's <laughs> something that I felt like, like I've, I've definitely done is brought the, the yogic philosophy and those, those practices and that kind of mindset and that kind mm. of, uh, just awareness and attention to detail into the, uh, the strength training and that I do. And I mean, it first started off with, with the, with strength and conditioning training and kettlebells when I was younger for athletics. And I thankfully growing up had some really amazing trainers that were well-versed with kettlebells. Um, and so I got to learn from them from the age of like 15, my, my freshman going into sophomore year of high school that summer. And very quickly, I, I, I didn't know what a flow state was, but like, <laughs> The, the skill requirement was high as well as the intention. And I, I just knew that I enjoyed uh, training with them. And also then seeing the benefit like on the field was like, oh, wow, I've, 
man, I feel like I can keep going and going and going. And it wasn't until my my senior year of high school that uh, I went to a, a yoga class with my dad um, back in, in Santa Barbara because he had a, a friend who who teaches. And so, yeah, we went to her class and I remember uh, having that, a similar like, oh, this is challenging and it's taking a lot of attention. I'm also like, I, I feel kind of good at some of these things. Like, oh, this is this is fun. And for me in the beginning, you know, that was when I was 18. Yoga was more of a, something that I did for uh, just for the physical body. I had no idea about the other limbs of yoga and what came before <laughs> what and, <laughs> and and any of that. And it wasn't until I was done playing that I started, I started working at Equinox in Santa Monica in 2013. I was there for, for some years. And while I was there, um, I started, I never set New Year's intentions, but I was like, you know what, this year I'm going to, I'm going to set an intention and I'm going to go to two yoga classes every week for the, for the year. And, and I did that and I was really, really consistent with my practice. And that was the first time that I'd been really like that consistent with it. Like I'd taken some Bikram classes throughout college and very quickly realized like, oh, my body feels, my body feels really good. It feels really open and I'm noticing my range of motion and a lot of my joints, especially the big ones are, it's increasing. And I know that like the, the more range of motion we have, like the more, the more bang you're going to get for your buck, you know, with movement. And that's just going to help my strength and conditioning. And, and I could feel that. And then it was just like, Oh, wow. I like this. This is, this is a really nice balance of, of yang from the, the kettlebells and yin from the yoga, even if I wasn't taking like a, a straight up yin class, you know, it was still dynamic movement um, and, and opening my body up. And the more consistent I was with it, the more I was like, whoa, like, I feel like everybody, everybody <laughs> should experience <laughs> this and like know about this because this combination of the two, the the weaving of both of them is just so so beautiful and i'm experiencing that myself and like i feel good i want other people to feel good too and so and and then at that time shortly well i guess i don't know maybe a year or so well i guess i guess that sometime sometime very soon when i when i was going twice a week um oh yeah it was the following new year's i went to my first yoga retreat and that was the first time i'd ever gone on a yoga retreat and it was over the course of new year's and i usually celebrated new year's by, by partying and staying out late. And so for me, this was something totally different. And I didn't know anybody but the teacher. And it was up in, in uh, San Luis Obispo at Avila Beach at these really beautiful hot springs, Sycamore hot mm. springs. And I had my own like jacuzzi that I could fill up with mineral hot springs. And it was just epic. <laughs> and I remember feeling so good while I was there, like so nourished on every single level of my body. And it was just like, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my practice consistent. And, um, and then I got introduced a little later that year, I got introduced to, uh, gentle yoga, which I had no idea was even a thing and got introduced to the teacher who I ultimately ended up studying with, uh, Lauren Ekstrom and her teacher Tra or, and her husband, Travis Elliott, who I, I studied with, uh, and did my teacher training with. And I took her class for the first time and I was just like in, in bliss. I didn't know that that was, you could even, you could do yoga like that. And my nervous system felt so relaxed. I felt so calm. I felt so good. I felt so, so held and so safe. And it's like, oh man, I want, I want more of this. 
And so then I ended up doing my teacher training in 2017 and just had a really profound experience with that. And that was where I really started to learn the other side of yoga, everything of the other limbs beside asana, Um, you know, and the yamas, the niyamas, meditation. I've been introduced to meditation when I was in college, Um, but more of the philosophy. And that was when I really started to like bring that kind of mindset and awareness, especially with the breath um, into my strength and conditioning practice. And for me, I, I was like, Oh, you know, in in vinyasa classes, you're, you're most often matching the breath to the movement. And I realized like, Oh, I'm doing the same thing when I'm, when I'm playing with kettlebells, you know, whether I'm swinging, whether I'm snatching, I'm pressing, I'm doing a get up, like whatever there's that, there should be that like beat to breath kind of boom, 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 boom. It's repetitive. And with that, then you get in that flow state. And I noticed that even more so when I, after my, my teacher training, and was just like, oh man, this is like, this is where it's at. This is it. This is it for me. I know it feels good in my body. Now I've just been on a journey of trying to um, find the right balance of it. You know, the right balance between the yin and the yang still. And that's been a fun, that's been a fun journey and a never ending journey because, um, you know, getting travel, you get a little bit older, but at the same time, I feel like my movement just keeps improving and improving, which I feel great. Like I know I haven't peaked yet and I'm 32 and I feel amazing. And it just continues to, to keep growing and growing. So I'm excited to, um, to continue just like listening, listening to my needs on a daily basis and on a weekly basis. And, uh, yeah, continuing to, uh, to blend those two and blend the mindset in there. And so that's, that's also, you know, how I, how I uh, facilitate my, my training, my coaching, my teaching as well. You know, it's so amazing. You mentioned peak in there, right? I had a buddy who used to always say like, hashtag, hashtag team, no peak. Right. Cause he'd talk mm-hmm. about like, you know, this guy was very young and he would talk about like, you know, he was always kind of like bullied in high school. Then he started training uh, jujitsu and Muay Thai and he all of a sudden stopped getting bullied in high school. Right. But he was talking about how, you know, for other people that got bullied, he's like, listen, most of the people that bullied you peaked in high school, right? He's like, be on team, no peak, right? And, and, you know, it's really cool because what you do is essentially exactly what I do with training. Like I, I primarily, I use kettlebells and every once in a while I use dumbbells, but that's all I use my strength training. I have a couple sixties, a couple eighties, a couple 35s. And then my trainer will bring over some 50s some 40s, et cetera. We'll use those for everything. Like you were saying, presses, snatches, cleans, uh, you know, lifts, uh, squats, lunges, et cetera. And then uh, it was interesting. I was going to ask you this. And then you mentioned it, which, you know, I talk to a lot of people about yoga and I'm like, have you tried Bikram? And they're like, they're like, no, like, I'm like, it's like, they're like, it's hot yoga. I'm like, yeah, but it's different than just any hot yoga, right? It's 26 and two, you know, and it's like what I would say, like a BDSM yoga, you know, like it's pretty brutal and, and I love it cause I'm an Aries. Right. So like the first time I tried it and I was talking to my, my guide from mystery school and I believe she's also an Aries or another fire sign. And she was like, I loved it. Like I wanted more. And I got the same way I got addicted to it. And, uh, you know, I took, it was funny because I had done yoga, um, you know, vinyasa flows and things like that. And it was almost opposite for me of, of what you went through, where I took a strength and conditioning mindset into yoga. And that was like, just so silly. And I started doing it in Bikram to the level where there was a couple other guys in class, you know, like there's always a couple, you know, people in class that are like on that and like all gas, no breaks mindset. And so I remember there was like a 95 degree day, humid as hell. 
And then we go to do Bikram. And I remember like me and these two guys were like suffering and we're just like, I'm not breaking this pose. Right. And they tell you like, like, this is the way I used to think about it. They'd be like, if you're tired, lay down. I'd be like, I am never laying down. Right. Like, I'm just not doing that. It was not in my vocabulary. I was like, not happening. And so I ended up, uh, you know, getting that feeling where, you know, when you're really hot and then like polarity, all of a sudden you start to get cold and you're like, oh, I think I'm starting to borderline on like, you know, heat stroke or something like that. It started to happen where I started to get chilly in class. And I remember I got through the class, I went outside and me and these two guys were outside after because we just needed to get into, I mean, it was still 95 degrees out, but it felt so much cooler. And I remember them all saying like, man, like we're never doing that again. Like that was just way too much. And all of us kind of came to the same conclusion on our own, on our own accord. And uh, it's actually been two years just about since I've done Bikram uh, because once the pandemic happened, the place closed for a while. And uh, my girlfriend and I were just talking about like, we're ready to make our return to Bikram because now I have a totally different mindset. Like where now I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going there to like be it's it's a it's obviously like a pretty yang thing. I mean, you're in a very hot room. You have humidity. It's you know, they're pretty tough poses, but I'm like, I'm there for a yin practice. Like I'm there for like, I'll get into a pose if it doesn't feel right. I'm just going to skip it or I'm going to lay down and it's going to be like my practice for giving myself space. And, uh, and, you know, through the other like mobility practices I use, uh, including like the stick mobility sticks, which are like for anyone listening, if you haven't heard about stick mobility, it's the coolest thing. Like I'm not affiliated with these guys whatsoever. I just love what they do. Have you ever, have you ever used the sticks before? I, I haven't, but I've seen videos of people using them. Yeah. Beautiful. Dude. They're so fun, man. Because like, you know, for me, I love strength training. Like I only do it three days a week now because I did it for six for so long and was bruised and broken and all those things. And I wasn't getting the results I wanted. But the great thing about stick mobility is it's very similar to yoga and you're activating and you're getting into all these positions and it does give you a little bit of a pump. So you're using body weight, you're stretching, you're mobilizing. And at the end, you actually feel like, oh, I got a little bit of a workout in. and you can get like a pretty serious yeah. workout in with these. And so it's been like a hack for me. And, you know, one of the things that I love in my life is this whole concept of the third door. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever read, I think his name is Michael Manian. I'm pretty sure uh, it could be a different first name, but he wrote this book called The Third Door. And when I heard this dude talk about it, I swear to God, I was like, that is the book written for me because I've always thought about this in life where he explains that, like, if you think about this analogy of a club, right? And so you see the first line everyone's waiting there, you know, the quote unquote muggle lane, you know, uh, you're not born into anything rich. So you're just waiting in line, getting your turn like everyone else. And then you have the second line, which is like, Hey, you were born a millionaire. You get VIP, you get to go right in. And he's like, most people think there's only those two doors, but there's a third door yeah. always. And so the third door is for an example, like, you know, you wait until the guard looks the other way or like the bouncer. And then you run down the alleyway, you jump through an open window and you crawl underneath like a kitchen cabinet and you get into the club through the back door. And so I thought about this and, you know, that's what I mean when I say like this whole idea of like hacking the system where I'm like, okay, I love the pump. How can I get that and not sacrifice like the ability for my body to feel like healthy and balanced and all of these things. And so I'm, you know, for you, like, it seems like you've been using a very similar practice where you're like, Hey, how do I kind of have my cake and eat it too? And make sure it's gluten-free right with regards to like life in general. And so, you know, my question for you is, have you, you know, you might not have ever thought about it like the third door, but have you used this type of thing to move through life? And the reason I asked this and my, and my reason for going here is because a lot of times I would see successful people, people that are living their dream, living life on their own terms. And I would immediately think they're working harder than me. 
but really they're working smarter than me in a lot of ways. And so I'm curious for you, like, what are the ways in which you found to be able to work smarter in life rather than harder? Because we all know we can work harder and burn ourselves out, but with regards to Mm -hmm. consistency, like we were just talking about, you know, what are some of the ways you found you can work smarter in life and actually get more done? Mm, That's another great question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The the things that come to mind, some of them are free and and some of them are just like basic human needs and, and trying to be really efficient with those as far as like drinking really clean water and and uh, mineralized water, you know, and I'm just starting to learn about structured water. Yeah. Um, so making hole. sure that I'm, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm hydrated, um, satiated in that way. Um, and then on a nutritional level too, like how can I put in the best gas, if you will, in the tank, like the most premier premium, like top, um, and so I do a lot of most of my shopping at the farmers markets over here. Luckily, live in in the west side of LA, so I've got access to it all year round. Which is you guys got the blessing. best. Oh, they're so good over there. Yeah, yeah. So I make I make sure that you know I've been a I've been a consistent go at the farmers market for gosh since like I don't know 2012. So yeah, it's been about ten years since I've been on the west side, really. And yeah, because I know that how important that is. If if, if this you know, the gut to brain connection, how important that is and what we're putting in um, affects that directly. So making sure that I'm putting in the finest, you know, fruits that are in season, uh, all organic, um, the best meat, which usually get in the wild um, and, and sleep, like making sure that I get enough sleep too. Like I prioritize those things. Like I prioritize those very highly because I know that it helps me run efficiently and effectively. I recover better. I'm just, you know, more, more efficient in my waking state. And that doesn't always mean working harder. And that's been a a, a lesson of its own, like just finding the right balance of rest to work ratio and knowing when actually doing less is, is going to be doing more. Um, but yeah, I think those, those three things, those are the first three things that like came to mind I ate a lot of healthy fat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's so funny, yeah. man. Like when I when we look back at history, like in the 80s, it was like, you don't want any fat, right? And in the 90s, it's like, well, you want some fats. In the 2000s, it was like, all right, maybe you want a little more fats. And now it's like, eat all fat, basically, you know? And <laughs> yeah. it's so funny how these things shift. And, you know, it's it really speaks to the ever-evolving process of life itself. And, you know, something I've found is that like you were saying, especially like, this is something I don't feel is talked about enough because people often talk about the, like the, the concept of grinding, right? Like you got to grind to get what you want. Right. And that's one side, but there's another side to it too, where like, what if you're doing what you love and it's almost like you love it so much and it fires you up so much that you end up quote unquote, like grinding. It's not grinding because you love it, but you end up overexerting yourself because you truly love what you, what you do. Right. It's almost like when you were a kid and you're running around and your parents start telling you, oh, your cheeks are red. I think you need to sleep. And you're like, what? Fuck that. I don't need to sleep. I love this. Right. <laughs> and so like, that's one of the things I've really had to tune into with having this business and these podcasts and everything, because, you know, I was talking to my buddy, uh, Dr. Nathan Riley, who's been on the show before. And, you know, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I've been narrowing down my interviews and only doing like one a week instead of two. 
And I was like, yikes, I've been doing like six a week sometimes. And he's like, dude, you, you, you gotta really reel that in because for me, it's, you know, I, I ride this fine line of like, I love the feeling of being productive. And also I'm aware that like, I'm more okay with being productive than I am okay with relaxing. And I think this is a big challenge for men, especially because we have all that yang energy and it's more natural for us. And I think that's one of the best things of, you know, the age of femininity coming online with the age of Aquarius coming in. And, you know, one of the things I love exploring with other men I talk to is ways in which you relax. You know, of course, yoga is one of those things, meditating. But, you know, I love getting into like, you know, especially for high achieving people like yourself, like, how do you relax? Like, how do you actually calm down at the end of a night? You know, I imagine you're not using, you know, things like plant medicines every night or things like that. And if you are, that's worth talking about too. But if, but if you're not like, you know, this is something that when I stopped using cannabis daily, I really started to like, be like, wow, I, I really suck at relaxing. Like, <laughs> no wonder I was outsourcing this onto the plant for so long. And so I'm always curious to hear, like, what are the ways in which you wind down? Because I'm always, I mean, it's a little bit of a selfish reason too. I'm always like, I want to pick up things that help me relax better as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, I, 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 I tend to finish up with, um, most of my, my work, like as early as possible so that I can begin my wind down, like around five and then it's just a wind down for the next like four hours um but things like eating just eating dinner earlier keeping the lights dim when the lights start to get dark man kicking my yeah kicking my feet up i've been i've been really getting into making making cacao at night Mm. too a little bit of cacao um and sitting with that which has been a really beautiful practice i have my in my room i have this six by six manduka pro squared yoga mat so it's it's a big it's a big mat and it takes up like half the floor in my room (laughs) totally worth it surrounding (laughs) it yeah surrounding it on one on one wall is a bunch of pillows and then on the other wall are some kettlebells um (laughs) (laughs) that's the perfect balance of yin and yang yeah it is yeah and and i'm right there in between right there in between um yeah and like yeah, I love just I love being in my body so much um, and nourishing it, especially especially at night. So yeah, I do I do uh, tend to get into a lot of yoga at night. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just I wouldn't say there's like specific. I mean, I guess those were some some kind of specific. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I would say that I love rolling around on that mat so much. Mm. Um, and I've, I've really set my room up to, um, to be very, like a very relaxing vibe. Yeah. Playful. Yeah. Yeah. I love burning sage, yes. Santo, some Copal. Like that's, that's a beautiful way that I like to wind down to is just those, those scents like really, really relax me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up because you know, I started the tradition of, um, you know, when I got into mystery school, they speak about like, hey, before you do your rituals, you should cleanse yourself, right? So sage, palo santo, copal, etc. And um, so I do that every morning and night. And it is so amazing, because I don't know how this works. And I, I don't really need to know how to it's part of the mystery of life. But in the morning, they wake me up, like they accentuate my waking up and at night they accentuate my relaxing. And, and it's, it's so amazing that they can wear those hats and do those things. And it speaks to just the amazing magic of nature in general, but you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating for me. I'm, I'm curious, where do you get your cacao offhand? 
Uh, I get it from a, a company called Aura. O-R-A. Yes, I was hoping it was that. Uh, dude, I'm obsessed oh, really? with Aura. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I uh, order from. What kinds are your oh favorite? Oh my gosh, amazing. Well, right now they only have two in stock. Yeah. It's the Tantric Rose and... The Vibrant Vitality, uh, I think. Yeah, Vibrant, yeah. Vibrant Vitality, yeah. And my my really, really close friend, uh, Cynthia, works for the company too. Um, so it was great when I was in Mexico recently, we got to hang out and we got to spend a bunch of time together, which was beautiful. And we actually got to drop into a, a Shanga, uh, ceremony with myself, herself, her partner and their teacher, which was, um, we can save that for, <laughs> for the other conversations. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, that was, that was very beautiful, but yeah, so she, She's put me onto that cacao because she is a, uh, I like to call her a cacao queen. Um, And was the first person who introduced me to cacao years ago. It was the first person who ever took me through any kind of plant medicine ceremony some years ago. Yeah. And she, uh, she's affiliated with Aura. So yeah. Mm. What's up, ladies and gents? I wanted to take a second while I had your ear to share with all of you a very important announcement. Anyone who has been listening to the show for some time now knows that I am passionate about coaching and helping other coaches up-level their coaching practice. What I have noticed in working with hundreds of coaches is that coaches of all different types are facing challenges with being able to get their clients strong, consistent results, understand where to put their energy to allow their practices to thrive, stand out in the vastity of coaches, move from imposter syndrome into trusting themselves, and ultimately make the money necessary to be financially independent in their coaching practice. The root of these issues comes down to a lack of connection with your creative force as a coach and entrepreneur. This is why we at Highly Optimized have created the Connect with Cannabis 10-week coaching certification program. The reason that cannabis is the focus of our program is because cannabis acts as imagination medicine. And in order to break free of these challenges, you must first be able to imagine yourself as the coach that is successful and has been able to break free of these challenges. When you are able to truly imagine and connect with the most powerful version of yourself, you can find the clarity to build your business, your authentic voice to speak directly to your clients, and the faith that you can overcome everything standing in your way. Once you have experienced and learned how to achieve these results for yourself, you will be able to offer this same unique skill set in your coaching practice to support your clients in overcoming their limiting beliefs and allow them to experience the breakthrough results that will make you stand out as the world-class coach you are. In this program, you will learn the science behind cannabis, how to experience the healing powers of cannabis, and how to facilitate these healing powers with your clients. With personalized one-on-one support on how to apply these frameworks into your business and weekly group calls within a community of coaches just like you, you will be equipped with a unique skill set that will allow you to get consistent, powerful results with your clients, feel confident in your coaching abilities, and allow you to gain financial independence while having the opportunity to wake up each day excited to share your important work with the world. For anyone listening who is hearing the call to set yourself apart and develop a unique set of coaching skills not found anywhere else in the world, jump over to the link in our Instagram bio and book a complimentary call with me today. Together, we will go over your current challenges in your business, your goals for your business, 
and decide together whether you qualify for a seat in the program. The next class begins April 20th, and spots are filling up quickly to be a part of the budding movement that is cannabis coaching. So book your call today and position yourself as a leading voice of how to work with this sacred plant medicine in your practice. Thank you all for your continued support and enjoy the show. I, you know, my girlfriend uh, introduced me to when they were Firefly chocolate. She introduced me to them. And um, she, the first one I ever tried was the Tantric Rose Blossom. And then we tried a mushroom one. And she was like, wow, it really tastes like mushrooms. And I, I fell in love with it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I had been drinking coffee for years um, because it just, it, it got to a point where way back in the day in a galaxy, you know, far, far away a long time ago, I, you know, used to get Dunkin' Donuts and like all the crappy, crappy, you know, quality coffee that probably had mold all over it and God knows what else. And so I started noticing I was getting heart palpitations. I mean, there was a bunch of other things going on back then with stress and all this stuff, but you know, and just really not taking care of myself, but I stopped drinking coffee. And so, uh, mm. you know, then I intermittent fasted for years and just didn't really have anything in the morning. And then once I started this business, you know, you know, running a business, it's kind of like you look forward to those little things that like, there's a lot in business, right. That you, that you balance. And so some days you wake up and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. And so there's certain things that I like to lean on a little bit. And cacao is one of those, because for me, it beams me up. It's so nutritious. It has so many health benefits to it. And one of the questions I love asking is how do you doctor your cacao up, right? What's your special blend? How do you make it? (laughs) (laughs) The world wants to know. Great question. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thankfully I got to spend time with Cynthia. And and when we first got to her place, I was like, I, you know, she asked if 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 I wanted cacao and I was like, yes. And I'm going to get up for it because I want to see how you do it so that I can, I can start to uh, integrate this practice back at home. Yeah. So since I got back in, in mid-January, I have been. Um, and so what I will do is I'll get the the water boiled or, or hot, you know, not too hot. I think 170 degrees is like the ideal temperature. Um, and I'll put some of the discs. So I'll, I'll measure it out and usually put around 15 grams. Same. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it just depends, but usually it's about 15 grams. I'll put that in there. I love honey. Um, mm. so I always get some raw honey that or or organic maple syrup too, um, which I found is really delicious as well. So one of the two, and then I, I, I like the little spice. So always throwing some cacao, I love cinnamon. Um, and then something that I picked up from another friend was adding a little bit of tahini to, to thicken it a little mm, bit. Yes. Um, which, oh yeah, that, that's really, really good too. And sometimes I'll throw in a little cardamom or nutmeg. Um, and then again, I love, I love my healthy fats. So I'll usually throw in some like raw, uh, organic virgin coconut oil and some ghee as well. And then pour the water in there. Oh, and I, I'll, in the mornings I'll put in chili chip. Mm. Um, to yeah, yeah to get me going and then yes. uh blend it all up and yeah and then pour it and have a high pour high pour is good and then just yes. uh do a little prayer 
admire those little rainbow bubbles in it. Oh, dude, the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's so cool. That's, you know, one of the, my favorite blends from them is the Oaxacan spice because it's got like mm. uh, the cayenne in it and it's like got that yeah. little bite to it. And I love that one. Plus it really like, I can feel the circulatory support it gives where I just feel yeah. like, I mean, literally my heart opening. It's amazing. That and thriving Tanzania are my two favorites. Of course, like the most Yang versions of cacao. I'm like, yeah, those ones. Um, but I've been really enjoying the Connected Columbia and, of course, the Vibrant Vitality because they've been low on stock for a little while. But the way that I do it is um, I'll combine yeah. it. Um, I actually want to integrate in the ghee and the coconut oil. I hadn't even thought about that before. But the way that I'll do it is um, I tried a lot of different blends when I was starting. And there's this amazing creamer that I like. And so what I'll do is I'll put in like 15 discs. Uh, I, I imagine that's around 15 grams right around there. And then uh, I'll do the water, you know, get it to boil and then cool it down for a couple minutes, then throw them in. And then I mix them up and then I'll add in uh, this, this powdered creamer that's a mint chocolate. So like, especially here in Boston, it's cold out this time of year. It's amazing. Yeah. It's from Laird Hamilton and uh, it's this oh, mint right. chocolate creamer. It's got MCT in there actually. So I guess I am adding that in some way, but then from there I'll add in mud water. I'll do like a couple of tablespoons mm. of mud water. So mm. with all the mushrooms and everything they got going on. And it also gives that really nice flavor. It's got cinnamon and cardamom and a bunch of stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, I got and, that in the cabinet. <laughs> dude, it's so good, bro. Combining them together because mud water has cacao in it, but I just like the extra. Mm -hmm. And um, then what I'll do is when I pour it into my cup, then this is my secret weapon. And everyone that's tried like the way I make cacao is like, what do you put in this to make it taste like that? And and I, I put in... Uh, French vanilla liquid layered, layered Hamilton creamer. So it's got lion's mane, um, chaga and reishi, I think. And then it's got MCT and it's just, it's amazing. It's not a great oh. creamer for like espresso. Like my girlfriend makes amazing espresso and I've tried it in there. It makes it mm. too sweet, but for cacao, it's literally perfect and it's so good. Wow. And then my, my little hack that I do is I put it in this really dope mug that, uh, it'll stay hot for like a I, 12 hours it's insane how long it stays hot wow so i'll just oh, sip wow. on it all day like i'll make it at 10 and it's that constant little dopamine hit that i can go to anytime that i'm feeling mm. like oh yikes there's a lot on my calendar boom i just go take a sip and i'm like all right cool i'm yeah. good and that's how i found it to work you know and it's just i love I, i'm such wow. a cow nerd so i love asking yeah. said or i was like right, we're gonna go into this. the people want to know <laughs> yeah <right on. laughs> Yeah, and for, for anyone listening, check out Aura Cacao again. Not affiliated with them, but have a love affair for them. And cacao, mm -hmm. if you guys haven't figured it out, it's amazing. And for me, it's just more sustainable than coffee. Like coffee just revs me up so high. I'm already super high energy. Yeah. So what I find is that it just makes me uncomfortably energetic and then crashes me mm -hmm. below where I want to be. And then I have to like you know, figure out other little hacks to get my energy back up. And that's, again, not sustainable. And uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's amazing, man, because... You know, one thing I love, you know, we talked about the third door and, you know, one of the ways I do it is I think about, you know, all the things that, you know, I would crave or used to crave when I was quote unquote unhealthy or any of these things. And, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I'd love like, you know, uh, soda, I'd love, you know, like coffee with mocha in it and all this stuff. It's terrible for you. And so one of the things I've noticed is I'm fine eating the same things every day and like not having much variety. And I don't know if it's a guy thing or whatever it is, but I'm just like, I'm fine with it because I eat very high quality stuff and I really enjoy my meals. And at the same time, when I do want a little bit of a cheat, you know, some people will ask me like, oh, you know, like, why don't you let yourself eat cake from a restaurant or do this or do that? And it's like, listen, 
It's not that I don't let myself have fun. It's just that I really value feeling good over everything. And so I've found ways to get my kind of like have your cake and eat it too. And it's gluten free type thing where I can have something that gives me that feeling of like, oh, I cheated, but it's actually just more of the healthy stuff. And so I found these like these skinny mint cookies uh, that are in the refrigerated section from this company, Mom's Best. That's like all super high quality stuff like, you know, uh, coconut cream and things like that. And they're amazing. And, you know, Olipop, if I ever want like, you know, I mean, soda was something that I let go of, God, 12 years ago and didn't really crave it. But every once in a while, I'd like something fizzy. And so this is Mm -hmm. Olipop. And then if you put the French Mm -hmm. vanilla layered Hamilton in there, dude, it's like they have it's like a float. So like you can make a root beer float with it. I mean, you can do a grape float, an orange squeeze float unbelievable and i feel like what we need to do is we need to get like a bunch of us people together that are health nuts but also love to have a little fun and we get to make a cheat sheet for like hey you want a soda cool go get an olipop it'll be even better hey you want a cookie go get this it'll actually fuel you and not bring you down right so there's like all these ways to kind of hack the system especially now that we live in 2022 and uh and you know you really got it made because you have the farmer's markets near you uh when i go out to san clemente uh there's a farmer's market there that i go to every sunday with my buddy angelo and it's just it's amazing man i mean we you know we have okay choices in boston i go through a lot of different services to get most of my stuff um Mm -hmm. and different hunters that hunt their meat and, and that stuff as well but it's it's amazing having all of that right at your fingertips. I mean, it's it's amazing the power you have. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is a blessing, man. It really is a blessing, and it takes going somewhere more rural to really recognize that for and sure. Have you heard of Honey Mama's chocolate? Yes, dude. They ha- that's <laughs> another one of my hacks. Actually, it's funny you bring that up. They have those at um, Fresh Market, and I forget it's it's obviously a cow one. They're mostly chocolate based, but. Um, there's, uh, there's one that I love. It's like Peruvian chocolate, right? The honey yeah, mamas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing, dude. Actually, it's funny. Rachel just got me one of those a couple of weeks ago because, um, we love these key lime cups that are like almond flour and they're all really good. But I noticed I, I got a food sensitivity test and I was allergic to almond mm-hmm. right now. I was having a immune response to it. So she went to this place. That's not the usual place we go to. And yeah. they only had those cups. So she was like, the only thing I could find with these honey mamas. And I was like, perfect. Because I was like, I love those too. <laughs> so uh, I love their orange one. Their orange one's really good. Um, and then I think they have uh, either it's just a brown package or it's a green and brown. I can't remember. There's, I love mint chocolate. So I can't remember if it's them that makes oh, the yeah. mint chocolate. Or, mint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mint flavor. yeah. Yeah. So good, dude. Like <laughs> mint and chocolate, man. I don't know how I didn't get into that sooner, but man, I am obsessed at this point. <laughs> it's such a good combination such a good combination yeah yeah, yeah. They, they actually have a they have one called mind spice too that has a little cayenne in it i mean mm. yeah it's so funny i was just having this conversation with a few other friends and we were joking about all the honey mamas and how good they are uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want to be able to like let yourself like like we were talking about when we were here hit record let your hair down a little bit right not mm-hmm. take yourself so seriously because for me i I actually enjoy to a certain level, like being super strict with my diet and things like that. But I also realize, like, that's no way to live life, right? Like, yes, it's great to have the balance and eat extremely healthy. And also, like, it's almost like the 80 20 rule where every once in a while, I'm going to let myself have something that maybe has chocolate in it, but I'm going to make sure it's something that's very high quality, like a honey mama's or like these key lime cups when I can eat almond again and these kind of things. Because, you know, without that, it's almost like life 
you know, cause I've gone there before and, and life's lost a lot of color. And Ooh. then I start actually forming the belief that if I have those things, it's quote unquote bad. Right. And then I start Ooh. forming stories around those things. And then if I'm at a party and someone's got some high quality, something, and I'm like, no, I can't have that. And then I start to feel this, you know, resentment and all this stuff. And, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth on these things and now I just let myself eat it when I want to, you know, and I just yeah. make sure it's high quality. So I don't skip a beat. And I actually find that oh, I do, yeah. I, I'm much happier when I allow myself to do that. And I think that's something that, you know, when we think about the totality of, you know, everything that we're both into with health, movement, whatever, it's all of that. It's it's that concept combined into it that's allowed me and I imagine for you too, to create a healthy practice around these things. Because when I was strength training six days a week, it was because the same thing, I was being too strict, right? I was like, no, I need to do this many times. And I wasn't leaving any open-mindedness for something else that maybe worked better. And so, you know, like we'll get into in the next podcast we do with this one time on psychedelics, you know, getting into plant medicines really helped me open my mind and be like, maybe I don't know anything. And maybe I should constantly be experimenting and be my own best scientist, right? Because <laughs> we go through changes too, you know, I'll have weeks where, you know, I'm like, hey, maybe I want like in the summer, especially like I'll do a fourth that could be considered a strength training day, like I'll mountain bike. But during the winter, mm. I'm like a little more tired. It's hibernation season. So I'm like taking yeah. walks, you know, and doing more of that. And so like, but if I tell myself like, no, I need to mountain bike all year. It's the same thing. as like, oh, I'm going to eat watermelon all year. Well, at a certain point, it's not in season. Your body's not meant to eat that that time of year. So yeah. what is it really doing? You know, and who knows, but it's interesting, you know, these different phases that I've gone through and, you know, been able to meet people like yourself who are also going through these things and, you know, keeping themselves at a level now of balance. And I think balance is really... I, I would call it one of my core values. I mean, it's one of the things that's helped me the most in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> important because balance balance allows for... Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Balance, uh, sustainability. Yes. You know? Yeah, because when you're out of balance, it's, 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 it's not sustainable. Something's bound to come off the, come off the hinges or, you know, yeah. get a little loose. Yeah, because it's like oxygen is necessary for a fire, but if you have too much too much oxygen, it'll put the fire out, you know. And so, yeah. how do you like keep the fire going but at a sustainable pace? And mm. you know, one of the things for me as a meat eater that's been amazing is getting into wild game. And I know mm. this is something that you specialize in. And so, I'd love for you to speak about how you got into doing what you do with Ahimsa. Um, uh, what's the full name? Ahimsa ceremonial hunting. Ceremonial right? hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear how you got into that, man, because you know we we connected on this when we first talked, and you know I spoke about another buddy of mine who's also been on the show, uh, Chris Marhefka, who does something similar, and I really think there's such a return uh, happening right now to awareness around like the whole idea of like you know, how the natives and indigenous peoples used to hunt for animals is they would like tune in through meditative practices and like connect with the spirit of that plant. I mean, not that plant there, that animal and allow that animal to like, you know, meet them and that animal would then offer themselves up. And then they would actually mm -hmm. supply some type of sacrifice or, you know, whatever language they use to counterbalance that, that, you know, unbalancing of nature they were creating by taking that animal's life. And so I'd love to hear how you got into that and really like, you know, what your goals are in that realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <is charged. laughs> um, so hunting was something that I got into because my dad was into it. And so at a, he got into hunting when my older brother, who's two years older than 
than I uh, around the same time that that we were born around that age. So he had been hunting since my my birth, and um, you know I think from around like age seven or eight uh, when I could, could do a little more walking and stuff, he always he encouraged us and always wanted us to to come with him. Um, and even when I was, you know, younger than that, there's, there's so many memories and pictures of like me and my brother in our diapers standing next to a, a dead wild boar that he just brought back. Or there's a picture of a deer hanging in the, in the garage and the skin in it. And, um, yeah, just these funny little, funny little throwback Thursday pictures. <laughs> um, so I was always around it. And I was always really intrigued, even at a at a young age. Anytime my dad was like, "All right, I'm gonna go hunting in the morning. I'll wake you up if you want to come." Like I would always, I would always get up and go because I was just so intrigued, and I, I never wanted to miss out. Really, is what it was. Um, even though a lot of the time you come back with nothing, but I was, I just never wanted to miss out. And I, I think from a very young age, I didn't even wasn't even aware of it, but I just, I really loved being outside um and being out in nature and being in that stillness there was something really uh really healing that i probably didn't even recognize as a as a child at that age so yeah i was i was always around it when i was younger and then when i was uh in high school and college and playing football the, the football and hunting season always kind of collided and so i got out of it for a bit but once i once i got done with school um, and started to learn more and more about nutrition while I was in school and getting out of school, I realized that like, oh, wow, this is, this is actually the best meat in the world. And this is also the most sustainable way of, of getting it too. And like, I've been around it my whole life. Like, what the heck? Like, I got to get back into this. Like, this is, this is important. Um, and I started to understand uh, the value of, of that skill set. And so started to get back into it in my, in my early mid twenties. Um, and it wasn't until more recently, actually within, within the last 12 months. And it was also thank, thanks to a, a plant medicine ceremony up in Santa Cruz for several days with, uh, with ayahuasca, uh, where I had this, uh, realization that like, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm here to be a middleman for reconnecting mother earth and humans. And in doing so, doing so in all the ways that, that I know how to, um, through mindfulness, through movement, and also through hunting as well, because that's something that over the last, you know, five-ish years, I've had so many more conversations about, about hunting because my freezers, thankfully, has been stocked and people are, you know, talk, talk about what I eat, obviously, with people. Yeah. People are curious, <laughs> I bring it up. And so, like, these stories have been coming up more and more and more. So it's been more opportunities to kind of share about this. And, and I can, you know, the, the feedback that I've gotten is, like, there's, there's a lot of interest and more and more interest um, and more awareness around hunting, too. I think thanks to guys like uh, Joe Rogan um, and, like, Steve Ranella and guys who shine more of a, a big spotlight on it. Mm. um so there's there's more of a a desire out there and it's like oh man like yeah you you this is this is part of the service this is part of what you're here to do and so i slowly started to put some some pieces of the puzzle together and take steps towards making that happen and um and i know we we spoke about the the trip that i'm going to in brazil and i've gotten some 
some very clear signs recently because we were supposed to have do the do the first hunt um, actually last weekend, but there were very very clear signs that this isn't supposed to happen until after my uh, my dieta in Brazil, mm-hmm. which which makes a lot of sense to me, and that feels it feels really really good. It feels appropriate, and it feels like I'm just listening, you know, not trying to force anything to happen. And I know, and and part of my intention in going to the jungle is is to become a better hunter and to become a better server of, of hunting and, um, to, to best serve others in their own journey with hunting. So I know that when I come back from that, like it's going to be on. Yes. You know <laughs> what I love? Beautiful ways. Yeah. You know what I love about that too, is, you know, if we look at the state of society, uh, right now, specifically right now, you know, we hear a lot and I mentioned this before on the podcast, but it really applies to this whole idea of hunting too, is, you know, we hear that we have an epidemic of loneliness, but the idea of that is it's almost like looking at the the result and not really the problem. And what I feel the problem is, is actually a lack of ability to connect deeply and meaningfully to yourself, to others in the world around you. And part of that is our food, right? We go to grocery stores to get our food. And I'm not saying that I don't go to grocery stores or that I don't appreciate them or farmer's markets. But it is a thing, right? And if we're looking at how we solve this problem of the loneliness or actually what the problem really is, which is the lack of ability to connect, there's so many different ways to do it. But one of the ways that, especially for us health aficionados, that, you know, is so available to us is this practice of sacred hunting. And, you know, the whole concept of, you know, meat eating is a trigger happy subject for so many people. And, you know, from the people that I've learned from, like Paul check and like these people, it's really, you know, why are you interacting with it? And then also, you know, how are you interacting with it? And so for me, the reason why I only interact with very high quality meat is because I want to ensure that both for the animal and for myself, that that animal lived a full life the way that it was supposed to up until the moment it was taken, right? Not, you know, factory farmed and, you know, all the horrible stuff that goes along with that. But, you know, in addition to that, It's also the whole idea of that, you know, whatever we put in our bodies, we are consuming that state of consciousness. And so if you're eating wild game, like I was saying, that animal lived a full life. It was in nature. It got to do exactly what it was meant to do. Versus if you're eating something factory farmed, that meat is stressed. It's anxious. It's scared, right? It's hopeless. And then you're interacting with that. And then people are wondering why they're feeling stressed, anxious, scared, hopeless. And, you know... We can't say correlation equals causation, but I will say that there's a strong link there, you know, and, you know, it's food is, you know, we, we can't live without it forever. You know, I mean, we might be able to go 30 days if you're really adept and, you know, things like that, but it's, it's part of our life. And so for me, you know, I always ask myself, how can I do this the most consciously possible, most conscious possible? And that's why I love what you do with that because it's so needed, especially, you know, for men and women, but especially for men, because it's, 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 it's ancient. I mean, you know, one of the ways, like I, th- I talk about this often too, that, you know, we think of coaching, you know, and, and maybe not we, but, you know, before I got into it, I thought of this way, like, wow, it's so advanced and so amazing. And so, you know, like unique and new and really like, it's actually a returning. It's a returning mm-hmm. to what would normally happen at the campfire after men went on a hunt. Where, you know, Mm -hmm. one would talk about like, oh, I'm feeling this way. And another man would be like, well, you know, what, how do you want to feel? Right. And they might not use this language, but the whole idea, right. I wasn't there, but not in this meat suit anyway, but, but, you know, it's, 
it all kind of goes hand in hand. That's why I love that, you know, movement, coaching, hunting, like you're doing all these things because they, they really, you know, the way that I look at them is they're, they're all of some of the most ancient practices that we've lost in a lot of ways. And that's why I'm so grateful they're coming back online in such, you know, magical ways, because I really do see a world that is, is, is challenged in a lot of ways right now. And, you know, I believe that we can only be as healthy as a society as the planet is healthy. And so as we start to gain more awareness around, you know, how our food is getting to our table and we start taking accountability and ownership and going, okay, I'm not going to play into that system anymore because at the end of the day, these companies exist because we give them money. So if, if there, if, if a global change can happen and it doesn't have to happen all at once, but it happens slowly over time. I mean, I watched Seaspiracy on Netflix and it was like, just so ridiculously horrible what, the, what is happening to the ocean, but yeah. it's the awareness of that. You know, it's those things that are going to help people actually go, I'm not going to take part in that anymore. And when they don't, yeah. their money is not put there anymore. And our money is just energy. And so where it goes really matters. And so I love what you're doing with that, man, because it's it's the perfect time in history with the, you know, we can call it the waking up. I like to call it the the raising of, you know, consciousness of planet Earth in general. Um, you know, it's it's such a perfect time for this to be coming back online. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think uh, now is the time for indigenous wisdom and modern wisdom to collaborate, you know. Absolutely. I mean, dude, if we mm -hmm. think about alchemy, right, which is an ancient, you know, practice, it was the union of science and spirituality. And then at a certain point, science broke off and then, you know, deemed spirituality woo woo. And, and now it's starting to come back online. We're through quantum physics and things like this. They're actually going, oh, actually, there is science to the stuff. <laughs> it's just that it wasn't discovered yet. And that's what I ask people whenever they, you know, I, I have some friends that aren't into a lot of the stuff I'm into. And that's cool, right? Everyone chooses their own journey. But they'll say, oh, that's woo-woo. And I'm like, hey, the light bulb was woo-woo before it was a thing. And then it wasn't. And now the science for it, right? Like, you know, it's it's funny how if we think about cars, before cars were around, if you told someone, yeah, we're going to drive around on these things and the stuff called rubber, it's going to be the wheels. They'd be like, yeah, okay, smoke another one, bro. And now look <laughs> around, right? So, you know, how many things are quote unquote woo-woo that actually have an explanation behind them that could probably get brought back to the seven hermetic principles that just yet to be either discovered or rediscovered, let's be honest, because we've had very advanced civilizations here in the past, but rediscovered in our modern day. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the most, you know, funny cosmic giggles I get, especially during plant medicine ceremonies, because, you know, when you get to that place where you break through and you're just like, oh my God, like, yeah, of course that's what's happening. And it's just, it's amazing to watch earth go through this time because I always believe, like I imagine you do from the smile you wear that the glass is half full and this is all happening for us. Not because I can yeah. prove it but because I choose to believe it. And so it's just, it's such a magical time to be alive. And I'm so grateful to be connected to people like yourself that are being the change you want to see in the world, right? Becoming your own hero, doing, you know, being the hero of your own story. Then other people can go, I want to be the hero of my own story. And then people like you are there to go, yeah, and you can, and you will, right? If you put your willpower yeah. into it, it's so powerful, man. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Hell yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you, uh, you mentioned something about like the loneliness and loneliness is just a form of being disconnected, you know, because when you think about something's lonely, there's nothing around it. So it's like, how, how, how many other ways can we get connected? Can we remember, you know? remember yes. what we've lost and get reconnected whether it's through movement or wh whatever it might be yeah and then you, you you touched on a little bit too just like the 
as far as like with the meat, like the the two different types of animals, one in the wild and one in a on a farm in a cage, you know, that's yeah, that's two totally different types of energies. Two totally different types of energies. And you're taking that energy on, like what we put in our mouths, our our body, our this miraculous meat suit is then taking that which we put in and then turning it into energy and, and meat suit. And then when it doesn't need it's pooing or peeing out like yes that's fucking incredible yeah <laughs> so like <laughs> let's let's start to be let's start to pay a little more attention to what exactly we're putting in you know especially when it comes to when it comes really everything when it comes to the water when it comes to fruits and vegetables but yeah especially when it comes to the meat like another like living living mammal you know like that, that makes such a huge difference and yeah and paul was somebody who inspired me and listening to him talk about i think on a, on a podcast um and it it, it lit a, a little switch in my brain that was like oh the spirit of this animal yeah when we're eating it like we're taking that on and it wasn't until i was in costa rica uh and and a couple nights of psilocybin ceremony that i i um i coming towards the end of night one I had a bite of this really fresh papaya, you know, in Costa Rica, it's June, the fruit is just so, so lush over there. And I had this piece of papaya and just had this magical moment with this papaya in my mouth and chewing it and being like, oh my gosh, like this is, I'm turned, I'm, papaya is turning into Michael. Yes. What? <laughs> and thank goodness for fruit. Like this is some of the most, this is like, oh my gosh, such a treat that it tastes so good and it smells so good. And then I immediately got taken to meat and I was like, oh, and the meat that I consume too is doing the same thing. And that was when, like what listening to what Paul said, that was when it really like clicked for me. Mm. um and was like oh this you is really <laughs> really yeah yeah like embodied it experienced yeah. it in my in my body and was like oh okay i i i can feel the importance of that um which helped also to kick kind of the uh the hunting into um into what what i'm trying to turn it into now you know as far as uh yeah turning it into uh a retreat thing and an experience and um yeah coming back to tribe especially for men um especially for men because yeah we've uh <laughs> so many things that we've we've uh been trained backwards as men you know like not being a, don't be a don't be a pussy yeah i think one of the most <laughs> backwards statements that you you can be like don't, you know don't show don't show that you're vulnerable like that don't show that you're weak like this and that when actually like it takes so much more courage to cry, you know, it takes so much more courage to speak with an open heart as opposed to be closed off. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, just kind of went off a little bit right now. No, there, it's but. amazing, dude. <laughs> this is exactly like, this is, you're speaking my language, man, especially with, you know, masculine work. Cause I coach mostly men. I do coach a couple of women in the connect mm. with cannabis, but you know, it's, it's so powerful. And I think that's one of the main things that women can teach men. And that's how it used to be, right? Like men will go be warriors, right? They'd go play warrior. And then they'd come home back to the den or back to the cave or wherever they were. And they'd get to essentially take their armor off figuratively and probably literally as well. And mm -hmm. like be vulnerable with their woman. Right. And their woman was yeah. like, that's why I really, you know, I, I see a lot of, you know, uh, power in matriarchal societies, because if we look back to times like Lemuria 
and uh, you know, ancient civilizations, they were matriarchal. And, you know, even when I went to Mexico, it was a very matriarchal experience and it was amazing. It was so much fun. And I was like, this is, this is just so cool. And so I, I love it because, you know, I know for me, I can speak to, to what I've gone through. And I know, you know, you, you'll agree because you just said it too, is that dude, like I go to Muay Thai, let's say, and yeah, like there's a certain level of energy it takes to kick stuff and punch stuff. But like the amount it takes for me to cry is 10 times that if not even more and i think that that's i mean that's all the proof i need and and also i mean when you can have a good cry or be vulnerable and like take your armor off man the feeling of freedom that comes after that is just something that i mean i really hope every male listening to this gets to experience in their life because it's it's one of the most magical things i think that makes up this life is being vulnerable and you know, it really allows me to experience and realize what Joseph Campbell says when he mean when he says, you know, jo- um, bliss is any emotion felt all the way through. You know, it's exactly mm-hmm. what I've come to realize in my life as well. So it's it's amazing, man. <laughs> love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and Michael, <laughs> man, this has been such an amazing ride, dude. I can't wait to hop into level two with you with uh, this one time on yeah. psychedelics. But Likewise. I want to make sure I want to make sure people know where to find you, where they can connect with you, where they can figure out about all the amazing services you offer. Uh, drop where people can find you and connect with you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm. Um, so on on Instagram, Michelangelo, M Y C H A L, as I spell Michael. And then that's also my, my website too, michaelangelo.com for the hunting, ahimsa ceremonial hunting.com. And I finally, after like, I don't know, so many years, I finally did a, a newsletter. So I just, I sent the first one out like yes. a couple of weeks ago. I feel good about that. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah. And on any of those, you can drop your email and um, I'll, I'll update things on there uh, as far as like retreats, events, um, all, all the good stuff. Beautiful, man. And my last question for you is this. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Michael Prieto suggest that change be? Being kinder to yourself. Yes. I'll take nail on the head. Four, five hundred, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the last thing is is interdimension TV. Yes. If you want to practice with me online, um, yoga from all, you know, power to yin, got some animal flow classes on there too. It's a, it's a really, really beautiful platform. I'm excited to dive yeah, in because yeah. my new thing I'm getting into is, you know, again, I've been in yoga, but animal flow, it's like so much mm. fun, you know, I've gotten tastes yeah. of it from my friend Leah and uh, Nathan Kohlerman, but you know, it's just, that's something I'm really uh, putting an emphasis on. And uh, now I'm going to be held accountable because all you guys are hearing yeah, it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you come it. to California, man, and we, and we link up, we'll, we'll, we'll flow a bit. We'll play. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Guys, yeah. when Michael first reached out to me, I was immediately intrigued by his presence, his big smile, and his approach to life. Michael acts as a battery charger in the lives of those he serves and allows each of us to remember the magic available when we choose to follow our hearts allow our soul to lead the way and smile through all of life's ups and downs, realizing that the ups and downs are merely two sides of the same coin and can be perceived as bliss when we choose to believe in ourselves as an ever evolving process rather than a static outcome. Michael and the unique skill set he offers is, in my opinion, exactly what the world needs now more than ever as he encompasses the perfect balance between yin and yang. And for anyone listening, who is looking to connect deeper to themselves and create more balance in their life. Make sure you follow him on Instagram 
and reach out to him to begin integrating those goals into your reality by working with him today. Michael, thank you so much for your manifesting your way into my life, for creating an example of what balance looks like in the modern day world, and for being a bright light for those you serve to ignite their fire from within. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. Namaste, brother. Thank you so much, Ryan. So, so much. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, I'll I'll leave it by saying tongsa, which means um, until my heart feels yours again. Yes. (laughs) Till next time, bro. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show and I'm wishing you the best day ever.